0: Hello, welcome to Two Broke Nerds, two friends talking about whatever the hell we want, because uh what else are we going to do? I'm Alec Kerr, and I'm a film geek.
1: And I'm Brian McElhinney, and I'm a music geek.
0: And amazingly enough, this is our official third year of doing this. Like, we've completed three years of doing this. Uh,
1: I'll take your word for that. Uh um, <laughs>
0: I mean, time has been meaningless since 2020.
1: Uh, time is usually meaningless. Um, yes. As is this podcast.
0: <laughs> yes. yes.
1: As are so, podcasts in general.
0: Yeah. So I reached out to our, uh, our huge fan base, mm-hmm. took a little survey of what they wanted to hear. Uh, and a couple of the ideas wouldn't really yield an episode, but I figured we'd touch upon them quickly. Uh, Doug Shapiro asked what we had learned doing this podcast and about each other and our friendship. Uh, I will say this. I learned that we're not quite as bitter, bitter and cynical as we thought we were because the rest of the world has gotten really fucking bitter and nasty.
1: Yeah. I've learned nothing. <laughs>
0: nothing. Nothing. Uh, and I didn't learn this, but I had it reinforced that I that I'm the Paul and you're the John in our dynamic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we already knew that, but like doing this for like three years and like actually documenting it and re-listening to it over and over and over again, it just made it real fucking clear.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm usually the one with the acerbic, uh, sarcastic, uh, cynical opinion.
0: Uh, And then uh, Clay asked us to just do a recap. And here's my recap is that you can see the trajectory of the pandemic with our podcast, because our first year of doing it, we were doing it every single week because you were unemployed and I was working from home. Uh, 2021, we did it monthly. So things were starting to get a little bit better last year and this year. Maybe once every three months.
1: <laughs> Consistency is the key. Uh-
0: <laughs> so as as the world has gotten better, the podcast has gotten worse. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't know how you recap two idiots just talking. About yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, we tried the guest thing for a while, and then like, I think it was me who kind of stopped that because I'm like, this feels like work. I don't want to do work. Yeah. I just want to, like, crawl out of bed and, like, get on the phone and shoot the shit with my friend for, like, an hour. I don't care.
0: Yep, yep. And
1: then reached
0: out to your friend, who's kind of become my friend, Joel. And he gave us, like, a list of, like, six options for shows. And we're going to combine a couple of them. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. projects that you love that got canceled and you wish... Or, no, projects that were announced to happen but never happened.
1: Yeah, and I immediately then, gravitated to that because I have a big one that's going to take up. Well, I don't know how much time it's going to take up, but that's basically all I want to talk about.
0: Yeah, and then the other one that's kind of similar is franchises that kind of fizzled out and didn't didn't reach the popularity they could have or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So what what's your what's your thing?
1: <laughs> so my thing. So back in uh, I believe it was either late 2014. Like, early 2015 somewhere in there they announced a dino riders movie
0: oh okay
1: yeah yeah they announced that um whatever toy company owns dino riders now was actively developing it um blah 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 and i was like holy shit and i was so excited about it and then later that year of course jurassic world came out and made all the money um and then i started hearing from like YouTubers and stuff I was reading online that basically that killed any chances of a dino writers movie happening. Um, because that did so well and it basically filled the dinosaurs in movies, niche. but like we really missed out and, um, dino dinosaurs in, uh, suits of armor. <laughs> and like, uh, Animal alien like animal based aliens like the all the villains like they're led by a frog and like a water exoskeleton Um, And there's like humanoid snakes and hammerhead sharks and crocodiles and shit riding dinosaurs Um, They get there from the future on spaceship, so it's like Star Wars uh, With dinosaurs Um, that also could have been part of Marvel because Marvel picked up the comic when the toys were a thing.
0: Oh. All right, well, Kevin Feige, get on this. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so we... uh, Yeah, I don't think they get the rights to it. No, I don't don't think so. Um, The toys were amazing. I mean, you've seen my dinosaurs. I have. (laughs) And They're fucking great. I don't have the armor anymore. They're little stupid plastic pieces. But they were, like, the best toys. They didn't quite uh, make it because... Well, they were expensive, as you'd imagine, with, like, museum-quality dinosaur replicas. Like, my my Brontosaurus is, like, three feet long. Mm. Like these were not cheap toys, so they didn't do well. Um, they also made a, a cartoon, because every toy had to have a cartoon back then. Yep. You know, in the late 80s, early 90s. And it, it's bad. It's incredibly bad. Um, but Frank Welker voices that frog in the exosuit that I was talking about. His name is cool. Nice. It's it's yeah, it's awesome.
0: Uh, I completely missed on Dino Riders. I didn't know about the toys. I didn't know about the show. I might have to. I know you say it's terrible, but I might have to just find it just to be like, what the hell is this?
1: Oh oh, it's bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and the show wasn't anything I watched as a kid. I just remember going to a toy store. Like it had to have been like. 90 or something i don't know in the middle of the run it was it was still big enough that they were like there was a whole shelf dedicated to them but it started going downhill very quickly after that but i just remember going to the store, store i'm like what the, what are these these are the coolest things ever and uh my parents bought me the triceratops and then i was hooked and like i had to have them i had quite a few of them And then later on, when they canceled the Dino Riders, they just repacked, like, the Smithsonian Institution repackaged all the dinosaur figures, because at the time, they were extremely accurate, like, museum-quality replicas, and they re-released them as the Smithsonian Collection, so I just started collecting those, because I really just wanted the dinosaurs anyway. Um, Yeah, so... uh, the other part of this was uh, during the pandemic because again I had nothing else to do because it was a fucking pandemic. Um, I wrote out a treatment for the first Dino Riders movie of what I pictured as a trilogy. <laughs> I based it on uh, two episodes of the cartoon. Okay. Um, loosely, and it was a shitty cartoon, but like I based it, like I had to have the giant battle. At the end where the brain box gets knocked off the T-Rex and it just goes haywire and like just destroys the enemy camp. So I had to have that as the climax. And then a lot of the movie was based on this one. Ep- it was the one episode in the series that had an interesting premise. It was still bad, like all the other ones, but it was the only one with an interesting premise where they captured um, one of the characters. She was like this empathetic, whatever person person um and they captured her and she like uh ends up helping the lead the leader the the frog guy in the exosuit because he's dying and so she ends up curing him or or you know helping him out but like of course it doesn't lead to a lasting alliance and whatever and at the very end it's like this uh weird sexist thing where all the dudes in the 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 human camp are like scolding her for helping the enemy whatever blah 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 blah, blah. you know like yep. like you're too soft <laughs> you're too nice whatever. but anyway so i wanted to base it off of that story um the the woman the character's name is serena and she's the uh the granddaughter of the the healer in the group so like basically the obi-wan kenobi character um, okay Anyway, so like I, I did that, but it was more the story was going to be more focused on her and her. Um, they they had them riding uh, Struthiomimus in the in the um, original story, but if you look that up, that those things would have collapsed under the weight of a human being. So I made the <laughs> Palomimus because those are bigger; they could actually hold uh, a, a human. And I tried to make so when they released all the toys, they had like you know fucking Dimetrodons and with T-Rex and Dimetrodon wasn't even a dinosaur. It was, like, millions of years before dinosaurs. So I tried to, like, make it so everything was in the same time period, like the late Cretaceous, so that you could have the T-Rex and the Triceratops and then just adjust all the other species from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was very concerned about the accuracy of the dinosaurs in the time period of my stupid Dino Riders movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I was very – because, like the, – the, the humans, um, so the, the bad guys, the Rulons, this is really nerdy. The Rulons would uh, control the dinosaurs with brain boxes. Yeah, but the yeah. human characters, the Valorians, would uh, use their telepathic abilities to communicate with the dinosaurs. As you do. As you do. So I, I, I kind of switched it so to where like, yes, they have the telepathic, empathetic, whatever... But like it's it's not necessarily that great, you know. It's still kind of subservient because I mean it's still people riding dinosaurs and shit. And like Serena is the only character who is like truly empathetic enough to actually communicate with the dinosaurs. So like the her dinosaur, the her Gallimimus, was going to be a main character. Like you're going to get to hear it talk because she could talk to it. All right, all right. And like she would eventually like show some of her people not all of them because i still kind of kept the ending where like everyone's kind of skeptical and being a dick to her because she helped the bad guy um and i also changed that so the bad guy is actually a different person and then frulos is like that person's son so he's taking over so that there's like this conflict where like serena and the the bad dude don't see eye to eye they're never going to agree but they agree on one thing and that his son can't take over because that'll just make things like way worse diplomatically. Um, So anyway, so I tried to make it more intriguing, more of an intelligent story than just what the stupid cartoon was. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, I had plans for two other movies based on other episodes. Like I had one, I was going to try to adapt the battle. There's a whole episode arc, like the battle for the Brontosaurus. But brontosauruses didn't exist in the Lake Cretaceous, so I would have to figure out a different sauropod dinosaur. And by the Lake Cretaceous they had basically died out, like the huge ones. So yeah. I, I don't know where I was gonna go with that. But uh but yeah, but I but I still have this whole thing written out for what the first movie is gonna be.
0: Well there you uh, go. And well, that, like, like,
1: we've,
0: like we've said before, like Hollywood just needs to listen to us and Exactly. They- make our movies
1: this would have been way more fun I mean Jurassic World was fun but this would have been way more fun yeah
0: dinosaurs and the... with
1: like laser cannons strapped to them yeah and spaceships and time travel yeah this is going to be awesome
0: yeah it's it's a shame that we haven't and I guess we kind of gotten close with this 65 movie where you have <clears throat> Adam Driver with a laser gun versus dinosaurs but like yeah we have really had like I keep forgetting the the dinosaur race in the Ninja Turtles comics
1: yeah uh uh Triceratons
0: yeah like why haven't we seen those in a movie yet like we like aliens I mean dinosaur alien dinosaurs in space like you wrote a whole comic like this needs to be a thing I mean with I'm, laser I'm gonna, guns and, and keep,
1: shit I'm gonna keep trying until it's a thing man
0: yeah, yeah. Dinosaurs so, you know, with laser guns needs to be a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, either someone's going to pick up my comic, or someone's going to, or they're going to make a Dino writers movie again, and then I've got to figure out how to get my fucking idea in there. Um, but yeah, I, th- that is uh, apparently my my life goal now.
0: It's it's a good life uh, goal. Yeah. So my sort of similar thing, except I did it when I was thirteen, and I didn't actually write a full treatment out. Was <laughs> I was really in? I was really into the Mighty Ducks movies, like yeah. really into them. And so the third one had them in high school, so I was like, okay. And this was like after the actual Mighty Ducks team existed, that was based on the movie. So I was like, all right. So here's here's how it works. Movie four, they go to college. Mo- movie five, they're in the minor leagues. Movie six. They're actually on the team, the Mighty Ducks team, the real Mighty Ducks team. (laughs) That was my pitch. And I found like some like address at Disney. It was probably just like a customer service address or something. And I wrote a letter like pitching this idea to them. Nice. Did
1: you ever hear back?
0: I never did. I, w- I wish. That would have been amazing. And what we got instead was a weird animated series like two years later.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I kind of dug that animated series. It had nothing to do with the reviews. It was like alien ducks playing hockey.
0: Yeah. Time. I mean, of course you'd be into it because it's kind of like alien dinosaurs except they're alien
1: ducks. hmm
0: <laughs> It <laughs> actually is a pretty cool show. Yeah. And, like, the voice talent on it is, is insane. Like, it had Tim Curry and Jim Belushi and Dennis uh, Farina. Like, it, it was, like, crazy. I, for, I
1: forgot all those people were in it. That's crazy. That is crazy.
0: It's funny what, like, Disney would throw money at in the 90s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we got shit like that. And was Gargoyles Disney, too?
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was really good. Which is crazy to think that that was a Disney series, because it was pretty damn dark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I missed that show. Weren't they, like, doing a revival of that?
0: I don't know if they did. They should. They should.
1: Yeah, that fits in this episode. Yeah, come on, Disney. Revive Gargoyles. And, you know,
0: and of all these fucking things they're making live-action versions of, give us a fucking live-action Gargoyles.
1: Right? That'd be so cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have the technology now. It would look fucking sweet as fuck.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do it. Um, <laughs> let's see. So the first thing that came to mind, uh, with like announced projects that didn't happen is that Kevin Smith is notorious for announcing projects that never happen. <laughs> uh, and I actually talked to him about a couple of these when I interviewed him. Um, there was supposed to be a Fletch movie with Jason Lee. And I'm not even a huge fan of, of Fletch. Like, they're okay. But I love Jason Lee. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that would work. I'd like to see that. That didn't happen because happened because of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Because Harvey Weinstein didn't like Jason Lee. And he's like, no, we're not going to make that movie. Uh, and then there was a movie called Hit Somebody. Or actually, it was going to be a miniseries. And it was based on, a, of all things, a Warren Zevon song. And it was about a hockey player, and how he balances his love for hockey with the love of uh his his girl basically
1: yeah
0: uh, I was like, okay, that sounds just interesting. I would have liked to see that, but uh, that also just didn't happen he's gonna Kevin said he was gonna try to turn it into a graphic novel, and then maybe the graphic novel would get turned into something. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one of, like, announced projects that didn't happen for Kevin Smith was Moose Jaws, which is Jaws, but with a moose.
1: Oh, man. I mean, Jaws, but with a... should just be a genre of movie.
0: Yeah, it should. Like, uh, that just sounds like the dumbest fucking thing ever, but, like, I would watch the hell out of that.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, I think moose kill more people here than sharks do. Moose are yeah. like, literally fucking
0: bastards, so... You know, in a world where we have Cocaine Bear, we need to have Moose Jaws.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing I I went down was... Quentin Tarantino hasn't really announced films, but he's, like, teased ideas that he would have done. And one of them was the Vega brothers, because Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction, uh, John Travolta's character, and... Vic Vega, uh, Michael Madsen's character from Reservoir Dogs, they're brothers. And so both of those characters die in their respective movies. Spoiler. <laughs> um, but he said it might have been cool to do a prequel movie about them, but it never happened because they aged out. Mm. But I'm a fan of Quentin Tarantino. I'm a fan of those two particular movies specifically. So I would have been cool with that. Yeah. And And then the other one...
1: I kind of like when they bring back the actors and they're too old to to play the characters, but they just do it anyway.
0: Yeah. Like, we've talked about this when we talked about Obi-Wan. It was kind of fun that they just didn't even try to de-age Hayden Christensen. It's just 40-year-old Hayden Christensen as an 18-year-old.
1: Right, and so refreshing, because Disney has been at the forefront of, like, that awful de-aging crap, which, I mean, it looks awful. Even, like, the newer ones look awful. So um, kudos to them for not doing that and just having old old Anakin <laughs> and, and old Obi-Wan just fighting each other. Whatever. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then the other Quentin Tarantino, which still could happen but probably won't because he has this firm thing that he's going to make 10 movies and that's it and he's announced what his 10th <laughs> film is going to be. But he kind of played around with the idea of doing Kill Bill Volume 3, and it would be based on uh, the bride killed one of her, you know, Vivek A. Fox in front of her daughter and said, hey, if you ever want to come find me when you get older, I'll be waiting. And so it would be that movie, like the grown up version of that girl coming after Uma Thurman's The Bride. And... I'd be down with that movie. And the other thing that he had mentioned at one point is that uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter, Maya Hawke, has gone into acting. And she's actually pretty good. And so she could have played Uma Thurman's daughter in this Kill Bill Volume 3. Uh, it's not going to happen, but I would have watched the hell out of that.
1: Yeah, that that would have made sense. I, um, I really didn't like Kill Bill Volume 1, but I liked Volume 2.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way because Volume One is more like action oriented, and Volume Two is more dialogue oriented. And there's just such fucking good dialogue in Volume Two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I guess that's why I haven't watched either of them since the first time I watched them. But I, I really liked two, didn't like one, and like I wasn't even gonna watch two because I didn't like one. Um, and then I watched two like some years later, and I really liked it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to just watch the second one and not the first one. Like, I introduced it to Ashley, uh, like a couple years ago, and I was like, well, I guess you gotta watch the first one to appreciate. I mean, not that you need to to understand it, but. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah. mean, are they, are they recap it enough, I guess. I don't know. They
0: do, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's been a while since
0: uh, I've seen it. And so here, another one that I looked into, um, because I'd heard about it but I needed to like get some more information so I actually wrote some details about it. So there is a Jaws 3, Jaws 3D, but the original film that was announced to be Jaws 3 was going to be called Jaws 3 People Zero. And it was going to be <laughs> it was going to be a parody of the Jaws movies. So the so the actual sequel to Jaws, the second sequel was going to be a parody of Jaws. Nice. That's awesome. And it was... They got Maddie Simmons, who produced National Lampoon's Animal House, who then hired John Hughes to write the script. <laughs> and at one point, Joe Dante was attached to direct it.
1: I mean, this sounds, this sounds great. Like, yeah, I know, I, know. This
0: was... I know. The premise of the film was it was going to be about a film crew making a Jaws sequel... And this Jaws sequel, the sequel within the movie, was going to be that the shark is an alien. <laughs> and so the film crew was being hunted by a great white shark. The writer of Jaws, the novelist uh, Peter Benchley, was going to be eaten by a shark in his swimming pool in the opening of the movie. Nice. And there was going to be a part for Steven Spielberg in it.
1: Well this shit has totally been made. <laughs> and then we just got this shitty 3D movie. I'm like, why why wasn't this movie made? So Hollywood spends so much time playing safe that it's like, just do something insane. Come on.
0: That sounds like the most bonkers movie, and I would have been there well, I was I wasn't even bored yet, but like I would have found it on cable. And like watch the shit out of it.
1: Right? Yeah. We need more we need more bonkers movies like that. Just utter insanity.
0: And it would have been unprecedented. Like there's never been a sequel to a movie that's actually a parody. Like <laughs> Yeah. The closest is uh New Nightmare, uh, which was Wes Craven's sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street, where it was based in the real world and the actors were playing themselves. And Wes Craven was in it playing himself.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I feel like people make an argument for that, like with Gremlins 2 and with uh, Army of Darkness, but those aren't so much parodies as they are like tone changes. Yes. Within the, the franchise. They're not really parodying what came before.
0: And I mean, no. the Evil
1: Dead stuff was always kind of bordering on that anyway.
0: So Yeah, but there's a new Evil Dead movie, and it's going like full-on hard horror and it, it looks good but like i don't know like evil dead has to have a little humor to it like this was just like full-on gory horror and i'm like eh, yeah man, is not...
1: it still raimi or is it someone
0: else uh raimi is a producer on it bruce campbell's a producer on it so yeah. i mean it looks really good yeah but i mean that sort of like full-on horror really isn't my thing
1: yeah yeah, me neither. So
0: but speaking of Evil Dead, this is one I wrote down was after uh, Freddy versus Jason came out, there was a kind of loose announcement that they were going to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. <laughs> yes. Uh, and apparently it was turned into a graphic novel cuz <laughs> there was a script written and they just turned that into a graphic novel and it's supposed to be okay. Yeah. But I I would have watched that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, that that seems to be the go-to. Like, this script never got made. Just turn it into a graphic novel. It's cheaper and easier.
0: Yep. But the thing oh, is, I like, thought, I thought of
1: one... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. As I say, I thought of one while you were, were talking a while ago. Um, we got those uh, abominations of Hobbit movies, but I really, really, really wanted Guillermo del Toro's Hobbit.
0: Oh yes, badly. Yes. Um, yes. And
1: it was clear from watching it. And like, if you've watched, um, what's her name, YouTuber? Oh, yeah. Um,
0: Lindsay Ellis.
1: Yeah, if you watch her whole deconstruction of it. I mean, it's it's like horrible, even beyond the horrible that was on the screen. But like, it was clear that like Peter Jackson was not into it.
0: Yeah, like when it forced
1: into making it and just, he was not, he he didn't have the love for the story. I mean, my problems with Lord of the Rings aside, you can feel that he actually loved that story and he was trying to, you know, pay homage to, to that story. And with The Hobbit, you don't get that at all. It's just trying to make this movie to satisfy one of, or, you know, three different studios and fucking, you know, just, ugh, it's a mess.
0: Yeah, and there's, an abundance of footage where you can just see Peter Jackson just kind of wandering around the set lost and depressed and just like, what am I doing?
1: Right, yeah. Whereas I think Guillermo del Toro was was the director for it. It's a, it's a totally different story. Um, and I feel like he would have brought that same kind of passion that Jackson had for Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit which was yeah. clearly missing in The Hobbit.
0: And because he had done a lot of pre-production on it, I don't know how much of it made it, but I feel like the first one, An Unexpected Journey, it was a little bit better because I feel like the his influence is still there a little bit. But then 2 and 3 was when the studios like started interfering more and like, forcing it to be a trilogy and that's when it like really fell the fuck apart.
1: Yeah, let's have let's have a elf dwarf love triangle. That's a great. Yeah.
0: Idea. Yeah. yeah. And like <sighs> straight up lie to Evangeline Lily like, "Oh no, you're not going to be in a love triangle. That's not going to happen." Mm. And then fucking love triangle. God. Ugh. Yeah.
1: It's such a such a wasted opportunity.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, in terms of franchises, um, I really like the Tron movies. Uh, I really like Tron Legacy. I've actually been on a big kick of rewatching it recently. No, and Tron Legacy like ended on this really interesting note, where a program was brought into the real world, and this program is supposed to have like all the answers to how to make the world better. And that was where the sequel ended on. And I'm like, that's a really interesting starting point for something else. Yeah. And it didn't get made. And there's been like rumors for years that there's going to be another Tron movie. But it's supposed to star Jarrett Leto now. And I don't think it's going to be related to the last one. And it just seems like a complete missed opportunity.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer. When did Legacy come out? Uh,
0: 2010.
1: Oh, wow. That was a while ago. Yeah. I'm like thinking yeah. that it was just a couple years ago. They can still do that. But like, no, it was, it was a while ago. Holy shit. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, but on a good note, uh projects that have been announced that are actually happening. There's a Scott Pilgrim anime series that was just announced on netflix and it's the entire cast of the movie
1: i saw that and i saw like uh because i didn't i got it from like some post from some other page instead of like an actual news post so i see this post and i'm like is this a joke because it's just all the same cast members and i thought it was just a joke until i saw it from like an actual news source it's like oh the cast is all returning oh okay (laughs) yeah yeah but, like, when you just see that graphic coming from some random page, it's like, yeah, someone just, like, fan casted the hell out of that and made shit Yeah, up. <laughs>
0: so That's, like, kind of like the things we're talking about. Like, these things that, like, that sounds like it would be awesome. And, like, it's actually happening until Netflix pulls the plug on it because they always fucking do. But, yeah. you know, hopefully it makes it to, like, one season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see. Oh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but given how much I hate it, the first one, but I really like the second one, is that I actually wish there was a third Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Because, yeah, the first one was, uh, the first one got one thing right. Unfortunately, it was the most important thing. It was the relationship between the turtles. Yeah. And their actual personalities and everything. You got that right. So the second one took that and basically put the 80s cartoon on screen. Yes. Which was a lot of fun. The ending kind of fell apart. It was kind of stupid. But um, but... overall, a much better film. I wanted to see what was going to happen. I was pretty sure we were going to get Tyler Perry as a fly.
0: Yep. Which was going to be awesome. Because I actually really liked Tyler Perry as Baxter Stockman, no, so he like, was
1: perfect. That was like perfect casting.
0: So yeah, the, not getting him as a fly, uh, disappointing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like I feel like there was um, there was room for that to get really big and weird and stupid in the last one. Yep. and they just they didn't do it because, well. Well, I mean, the first one turned people off, and they stayed away from the second one.
0: Yeah, which is and like the first people... one made. The first one made a shit ton of money, even though it turned people off. Yeah. Uh, so nobody came to the second one. They're like, "Oh, well, people aren't interested." But the thing was that people that went to it actually really enjoyed it.
1: Right. The people we went to it was like, "Oh, this is the one we wanted." Come on, guys. <laughs> um... but, the, but that, um, but the new Seth Rogen produced one looks amazing.
0: Yes. It yeah, looks I'm, so
1: fun. I'm so happy.
0: Yeah. And I like that for the first time they actually have teenagers voicing the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Donatello is my favorite. Always has been my favorite. And he's so cute. I love him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've heard people complaining, oh, he sounds too little. It's like, whatever. They're like 13. Just deal with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're teenagers. Come on.
0: It's been, like, too long of them, like, sounding like roided-up dudes that it's just like, no, they're,
1: they're yeah, teenagers. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, Raphael has always sounded like a, like, middle-aged New York taxi driver. Yeah. Like, the only one who could remotely be considered a teenager would be, like, Michelangelo, and that's really just, like, twenty surfer dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think Corey Feldman was actually a teenager, or at least early 20s, at least in 1990. Yeah. So, good on them for that, I guess? (laughs) I guess,
1: yeah. I I think Uh, they were all fairly age-appropriate in that first movie, as far as the actors who were doing the voices. Maybe a little bit too old, maybe 20s, but...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... Oh yeah, so franchise. Okay, another franchise that was, was like a non-starter, <laughs> but the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth, eighth dimension.
1: Oh man, I was about to mention that when I was saying Hollywood needs to make more weird ass movies. They need to make more movies like that.
0: Yeah, Buckaroo Banzai is crazy, and it does actually end with a tease. Buckaroo Banzai will return in Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. Yeah. And it didn't happen because the movie was a massive bomb. But goddamn, because that is such a weird movie and such a weird cast because it's Peter Wellers and John Lithgow and Jeff Goldblum and Clancy Brown. It's insane. Yeah,
1: that movie is like a fever dream and a half. Um, It makes sense that it bombed because it is just like, how do you market that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's like definition of a cult classic and someone should step in and make that. Uh,
0: oh, and this ties back to the whole Kevin Smith announced projects thing. He was actually supposed to do a Buck Banzai series. I think it was supposed to be for like Amazon and for whatever reason it fizzled out and it was going to be animated. So I think Peter Wellers was going to return.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just uh, thought of something. I remember back in like the early 2000s I was reading that they were going to do a remake of 1984
0: with Tim Robbins. Oh, like he yeah. was
1: connected to it as producer and possibly to star in it. Um, and the, that just never happened. And I was very sad. Like the um, the adaptation from 19, of 1984 from 1984 that was soundtracked by the Eurythmics was yes. actually pretty good. Um, but a more modern take would be welcome, especially with Tim Robbins involved.
0: Yes, because he would not pull away from the politics at all, since he is a very politically minded person.
1: Yeah, that would be a very interesting movie, but I just it didn't happen. I don't remember. I, I haven't heard anything about it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. people just want to touch that. <clears throat> And also, like, everybody loves to misquote 1984 and be like, oh, Big Brother's watching, like, not even knowing what they're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, anything like that, it's, uh, you know. Um,
0: see, I wrote down a bunch of, like, those examples, like Buck Banzai, where there's, like, a tease at the end for a sequel that was never made. Like, Flash Gordon ended with one of those the end question marks and the villain laughing like yeah but, oh, another flash gordon movie would have been
1: awesome <laughs> yeah but you know we did just get history of the world part 2 so there's always hope there is always
0: hope i was going to say that earlier <laughs> it's like we are in the era where belated sequels happen to things you never imagined like bill and ted 3 Which I actually enjoyed, like, but I never would have dreamed that would have happened, like, 30 years after the fact.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So, I guess you never know, and, like, yeah, History of the World Part 2, more than 40 years after the fact. (laughs) Which, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, I think that might have to be a whole dedicated episode if you actually do watch it.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's on Hulu, right? It is on Hulu. So, I I believe I can watch it. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a little hit and miss, but when yeah. it's funny, it's really funny. Nice. I mean, the
1: the the movie was hit hit and miss.
0: So yeah, yeah. I, I what I what is cool about the series because it is a series. It can be more like a sketch comedy series in that it's just really quick little bits. Where the movie really only had like they did do little quick bits, but then there'd be like whole scenes that were just in like whole segments that were just like twenty minute segments. Thirty-minute segments that were in one location. Yeah. Like the Rome, the Rome sequence got kind of stale.
1: The yeah, French Revolution
0: really, kind of got stale.
1: The whole ancient Rome thing really dragged on.
0: Yeah. yeah it was and like, then, and then you get like the
1: streets hour. are crawling with soldiers, and like that is the stupidest joke. Yeah. On the planet, like, why are we still watching this?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so that's the problem with History of the World. Like it was History of the World Part two was really good when it was just like lots of really quick bits, like yeah. the Inquisition song and the whole being the waiter for the Last Supper scene. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I, I, I love the guy with the, the God has commanded me to give you these fifteen these ten commandments.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> The series has a lot more of those just like little quick bits. So yeah. it kind of works. Uh, yes. Yeah, so what else did I write down? I think I wrote one more things. I, have, uh, I had
1: one music one that I wanted to bring okay. Uh So in 2008, 2009, around there, uh, the Deftones were working on their sixth album um and then their bassist was in a car accident oh and he was mm. in a coma they they went and they they hired uh, another bass player and then like just forgot about or didn't forget about it. they basically said we're not this album is not finished we can't deal with it right now so they went and recorded a whole new album it was a great album it was a, a i thought it was a great comeback for them um, and that released Diamond Eyes, that released in, like, 2010. And they've sent, they've gone on to do a bunch of, of albums, and that bass player who replaced the bass player is actually no longer with the band. Um, but uh, the original bass player, Chi Chang, died. He was in a coma. He never awoke from that coma, and he died in, like, 2013, I want so to say. So to this day, that album, which was supposed to be very close to being done, uh, it was called. It's called Eros, and it's never been released. Mm. Um, I think there. It's at a certain points maybe a song or two leaked. There were song titles that leaked. I don't think I've ever heard any of the songs. Um, if if they did leak, they were scrubbed. Um, and the band has you know talked about at various points. They talked about revisiting it. Blah 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 blah. But like the latest thing is like we'll probably never. Have Yeah. Uh, Like it's too painful to go back to it and we're we're basically, yeah, that's it. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But
1: like, damn it. I want to hear, I want to hear their last album with Chi Chang. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, Sort of a, well, not similar in the sense that somebody died, but a, a similar one for me that's music related at least is that, uh, the bare naked ladies were approached to write of all things, an animal house musical
1: <laughs>
0: uh, and you know, creative differences or whatever. They didn't, the the song they wrote like a whole album of songs for this musical. And then the, the musical clearly never happened, Yeah. but because they were commissioned to write those songs, they can never release them. They can never play them the the people that the producers of the musical they own the songs uh, so those are songs that will never see the light of day unless somehow some producer down the line decides to make this this musical it sucks yeah i mean it's just gotta suck for like and this shit happens mm-hmm. all the time to like musicians are actors creators whatever where you like invest all this time and energy Oh, and the, oh, fuck, the ultimate example of that is a fucking Batgirl movie. Jesus, fuck.
1: Yeah, that's, that sucks.
0: You know, and everything I hear from, like, the studio side of thing just seems like it's spin. Because, and I know the actors are going to say they thought it was great. But, like, I tend to, like, lean towards them, like, thinking it was really, like, Brendan Fraser being like, yeah, I... I saw a rough cut of it. It looked great. And like the lead actress being like, yeah, I saw like rough cut of it It looked great. So like the studio heads just being like, oh, yeah, it was unreleasable. I'm like, bull fucking shit. Have you seen some of the shit you've released Warner Brothers?
1: Uh, I, I, the thing that amazes me is like when you go and look at comments and like how many people are defending a giant corporation yeah. for destroying a creative project? They're like, well, it looked horrible. It was, it was definitely horrible." It's like, "You don't know." Yeah. To like, oh, go, I know. It's like, "No, you don't. <laughs> you and, saw, you, you know, saw photos of the costumes and said they look crappy, even though the costumes look exactly how they look in the fucking comic book."
0: Yeah, the first look photo of her, she looked fantastic.
1: She looked exactly like she did in the comic book. I mean, it was like, what do you fucking want? They probably just wanted boobs hanging out or something. I
0: don't know. Probably.
1: Um, So, yeah, that's stupid. And, like, why are you defending a giant corporation because they wanted to cancel this movie so they could get fat bonuses? Because that's why the movie got canceled, because they wanted fat bonuses. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing to do with the quality of that movie. It was probably fine. Or at least, you know, up to... Like you said, they've released some bullshit. Yeah, Yeah. even if it was
0: thoroughly (laughs) mediocre... Even if it was thoroughly mediocre, just release it. I mean, even if it was on the level of, like, Suicide Squad, just fucking release it.
1: I, I don't understand why they are so gung-ho about releasing this Flash movie. Like, this has to come out. Like, you have canceled movies for people doing worse things. Or, like, n- n- you know, not as bad of things.
0: It's because they've dropped, like, $200 million on it.
1: Yeah, I... Uh, probably.
0: <laughs> That's what it comes anyway. down to. It's like this movie is too big to to fail. We need to at least try to break even on it. But I I yeah, I'm of the mindset of somehow salvage the Michael Keaton footage, repurpose it, re- release that and just
1: Yeah, exactly like as we've been saying over and over again, repurpose it into a Batman Beyond movie. Yeah. Come yeah. On whatever. It's it's telling when it's like the movie is called The Flash, but no one gives a shit about The Flash. Everyone is, just wants to see Batman.
0: Hell, I'm even more interested I'm more interested in seeing the introduction of a new supergirl than the actual fucking Flash.
1: Right? Yeah, no one no one is going to this movie to see the Flash.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> and I know they're like, "Oh, well, it would be too expensive to go in and replace an entire actor. He's the lead actor." Uh, you know, Zack Snyder, not one of my favorite people, but he replaced an, an actor entirely in uh, Army of the Dead or whatever it was called. Yeah. Like, entirely, <laughs> digitally removed an actor and inserted another one. It can be done.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Right. Morning Brothers. I, I, that reminds me because we were talking about this last night. I, uh, this is before the DCEU was a thing and it was just the MCU. And I was like, well, what would a, what would a DC universe look like? And so I started constructing it in my mind, but then it, I made it really weird because I wanted yeah. to. And like the, the thing I had was like, I, I had I had this idea for a Batman movie, but it was like, so you remember when Batman Returns came out and they were supposed to have like what, like Damon Wayans as Robin? Yes. But he was going to be like an auto mechanic or something.
0: Yeah. Oh no, it's supposed to be Marlon Waynes, but yes, it was yeah. a Wayans.
1: Yeah, and he was supposed to be, like, an auto mechanic, so they were, like, totally playing fast and loose with the story. So I went, like, one step further. I had it where, like, when Bruce Wayne's parents die, he's basically shipped off someone else, you know, like a sinister thing. Someone, like, takes over his inheritance, and he's left with nothing. And so that's how he, like, you know, he has to leave Gotham and, you know, scrap and become Batman, basically. Um, and so then he was going to come back and like Alfred is the auto mechanic
0: oh interesting so
1: Alfred was going to help him build all this bat shit but he was going to do it with like basically nothing so it was basically like kind of you know Spider-Man and Batman like Batman like Bruce Wayne has nothing and he has to do it all with his ingenuity and by the end of the movie he would have like regained his company and everything and be the Bruce Wayne we all know but it would start off with Batman having nothing and he has to build himself up Um, But I just had this opening scene where he was like hitchhiking into town and like he pulls up to like this like diner and they're playing uh, Buddy Holly's That'll Be The Day. (laughs) And that's the opening scene. It would just be like, why is this bad? Like, you know, And then the Batman, you know, comes up on the screen. The title comes up on the screen, but it's like a Buddy Holly song. It'd be the weirdest opening for a Batman movie ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, now that... You know, DC's making what they're calling the Elseworld movies. Like, anything can happen, I guess. Yeah.
1: That probably won't happen, though. No that probably happen. won't happen, though. <laughs> no one is listening
0: to me. No one's listening. Although, like, if all of a sudden you hear a Buddy Holly, like, any Buddy Holly song in a Batman movie, you'd be like, son of a bitch. You
1: bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> Let's see one that's been announced over and over and over again, and like I've just heard it once again, and I don't even know if I necessarily wanted Beetlejuice two,
1: yeah, and that there's been uh, there's been rumblings about that recently.
0: Yeah, uh, and the rumblings I heard is that Jenna Ortega would be Lydia's daughter, because Jenna Ortega's really hot right now. She was in Wednesday, she was great. Tim Burton worked on that; they liked working together. If that happens, sure. Yeah. Uh, There was one script back in the 90s that was, I believe, Beetlejuice in Hollywood. uh, Not Hollywood, but Beetlejuice in Hawaii.
1: (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Uh,
0: I guess I'm kind of glad that one wasn't
1: made. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for um, reviving uh, old Michael Keaton properties and giving them sequels. Yep. Like I want to see a multiplicity sequel.
0: Multiplicity is a really underrated movie.
1: It is. It's ridiculous. And then like you could have a sequel and it's an army of Michael Keatons. Yep. It would be amazing. Yep. <laughs> it would be amazing.
0: Yeah. It's the future. And like, everybody's just Michael Keaton.
1: Right. It's <laughs> like Terminator, except Michael Keaton. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's just going around to people you want to get
1: nuts? Let's get nuts yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like like a thousand of them just at the same time you want to get nuts <laughs> 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 oh, my God. oh man that would
0: be great Yes. Uh, yeah but that was an excellent showcase for him like just watching him just like talk to himself for an hour and a half
1: Right? Yeah. It's great.
0: Uh, let's see. Did I write anything else down of note? Um, oh, I've been watching. I've watched it twice in the last month. And I still can't decide if it's good or if I'm just, like, fascinated by how much of a fucking mess it is. The Super Mario Brothers movie, the first one, not this new one that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Objectively, like it's not a good Super Mario movie, but like there's something about it, like it's kind of fascinating. Like it's got really good production design, and even though like Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo hate it being on the movie, and like apparently had to get drunk to get through it, they're actually pretty good in it. And Dennis Hopper is a good villain, like, and that that ends with like a blatant sequel bait. Yeah. Clearly never happened, but, like, I kind of wish there was another one. Right?
1: That'd be fun.
0: (laughs) Uh, Can't happen now, because Bob Hoskins is alive, but, like, why not just make, like, like a Last (laughs) Ronin-style like, Luigi's left, and he doesn't have his brother anymore.
1: Right? (laughs) Totally. That'd be amazing.
0: Just John all, like, sad and depressed and just going through a wasteland
1: right this time it's personal (laughs) (laughs) that'd be amazing That would be great so I, i i think i watched the first trailer for the super mario brothers movie um and i'm fairly indifferent except i did enjoy everyone making fun of chris pratt's voice
0: yeah because he's,
1: uh, it's, not, it's just he's not trying it's just like well we cast Chris Pratt I mean that's, I guess that's what you get you get Chris Pratt yeah. that's cool but like, but, like people are just like so deeply offended by it and it's like um you know it's a Japanese video game with like a very not Italian guy doing the voice yeah Like th- there is yeah. no I mean there's nothing to stand on here
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> this was uh, never respectful <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I think I'm gonna see it. It looks cute. It looks fun um, enough. But I will say this: Jack Black as Bowser is fucking great.
1: Yeah, that that's a, that's a good idea.
0: Yeah, and uh, at first I didn't even recognize him. Like he's done like a really good like deep voice, and I'm like, that's thumbs up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I'm I I don't. Again, I'm pretty indifferent towards it. I I think it's funny. Like how upset people are getting about. Chris Pratt and his voice, like, could they have done a better casting job? Probably, but probably, who cares? <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I mean, the rest of the cast seems fine. Like Charlie Day is Luigi. Like it, it, yeah, whatever. whatever. People like, I'm just done with like toxic fan culture. Like everybody gets so angry about fucking everything. Just go and fucking watch a movie and enjoy it, for fuck's sake.
1: Yeah, or or don't watch it. I mean, or don't.
0: Yeah, if you don't want to watch it. Don't watch it. You don't have to go on the internet and like rage about how it's ruining your fucking childhood or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's my least favorite thing uh, ever because like no one has touched your childhood. Like as much as I despise all the live action Disney remakes, the originals still exist. Yeah. You know, it's like the live action ones clearly are not for me, but like the live action Beauty and the Beast did not destroy my childhood. No. <laughs> what? No, like how? Like no, <laughs> like Mike, Michael Bay's Shrek Turtles did not destroy my childhood. No, it's still there. I, no. I own it, like yeah. most of those. I, I own all of those episodes. Actually, like I mean, I can go back and watch the cartoon whenever I want, or the movies, or whatever Turtles thing I want to watch.
0: Oh, and I've, I, I, I will say this: I finally, because Ashley's kind of been like, oh, I'm not really into Ninja Turtles. And I got this Ninja Turtles game for the Switch, and she's actually like likes it, and she's like, "Okay, I'll I'll watch some with you." And so we're going with the 2012 series because I think that I thought she'd like that one better because the humor of it is really good. And she's like, "God damn it, I like it."
1: (laughs) Well, that's a good show.
0: It is a good show.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see. I mean, my favorite adaptation probably is still that 1990 movie. They just oh yeah. Do such a good job yeah. with it, but I can see that not being the best entry point. Yeah. Because it because yeah. it is dark, like not just that it's a dark story, which it is kind of a dark story, but it's just dark. Like it's hard to tell what's going on at points.
0: Yeah, I uh, I recently got I th- think the third volume of the, like the original run, and like damn, like <laughs> it got really weird, really fucking fast, like. I didn't realize that the return of the sh- of Shredder was that a bunch of sentient worms formed the body of Shredder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some weird shit. Some weird I was shit. like, I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, that show got really weird, really fast. Well, that wasn't we even the like, show. Guys.
0: That was like actual comic. <laughs> Yeah,
1: oh the comic, yeah, yeah, that because yeah. die. Shredder dies in the first issue,
0: right? So they bring him <laughs> back, and it was like this like hive mind of sentient worms, the will of Shredder, like somehow his DNA got mixed with this worm, and like his will, come like got all these worms to form his. I'm like,
1: what the fuck is this? Yep. Um yeah, it was crazy. I mean they they're in space by the fourth issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it
1: goes it goes crazy. I mean, yeah, and they're like they're drinking beer and shit. Yeah. Like, it... <laughs> Donatello straight up murder murders Shredder in the first issue.
0: Yeah. It's kind of amazing that a toy lined in an animated series came <laughs> out
1: of that first right? issue. I mean, the whole thing was a parody of, like, ultra-violent ninja comics and stuff.
0: Yeah, of, like, Daredevil. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, Daredevil. Like, the, or-
0: the origin of Daredevil is actually in the first uh, first issue of Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah, the, the they had it in their mind that it was the same accident that caused Daredevil yeah. also did the turtles. But I love in the first issue, like, Splinter straight up says, like, I have been training you to revenge... Hamado Yoshi. Yeah. Like your your only goal in life is to kill Oroku Saki. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you know, slowly like the the brooding intensity sort of seeped out a little bit. Except for Raphael, he was always brooding. Sort
1: of like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and uh yeah, a, a little bit. Like once the the you know, once it became a, a concern for children, then it yeah. started, you know, it started influencing each other. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been talking for an hour, so we could probably wrap this up. Yeah, probably.
1: Uh,
0: probably. We probably could throw out a bunch of other ones. Uh, oh, I also wrote down Masters of the Universe. Not a good movie, but it had a sequel bait with Skeletor at the end saying, I'll be back. <laughs> and, he he was not back (laughs) no (laughs) but it's funny because franklin jella who plays skeletor in that like to this day he says that's his favorite movie that he ever did and his favorite performance because he just loved doing it so much he knows it's not a good movie but it's his like one of his favorite performances so like i would have liked to see it a little bit more
1: yeah yeah i mean when you when you get to, to ham your way through a villain role that's that's always fun yeah. All right. Well. Happy three years. Yeah. Woo.
0: Uh. So yeah, we're still broke and we're still nerds and we're apparently still fucking doing this. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, apparently. All right. Bye. Later.